Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles and I am joined this week by Kyle Calgren. Hi, I'm a boyfriend. Yes, yes, Kyle Calgren. Is- I'm back. <laughs> Kyle Calgren is my boyfriend. Um, and I'm back. That's very important. See, it ties into the theme of the episode. And he's back. Yes, this is very important to the theme of the episode. Uh, Bronwyn is sick this week. Um, so she was like a little quarantine. She's going to be back next week and it's all going to be good. But she will not be a boyfriend. She will not be a boyfriend. She will be a friend. She will be a comedy friend. This is me desperately usual. trying to find something funny about this movie. Okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the movie this week, because it is October and it is customary for us to talk about horror movies and since we're done talking about sex in the city time to move on to something that might be closer to the definition of a horror movie my boyfriend's back from 1993 directed by bob balaban and written by dean laurie and uh bob balaban most known for being an actor, really, in my opinion. Probably not as much known for being a director. I mean, what do you think, honey? Did you know that Bob Balaban directed movies? I I suppose I knew it, like, in the back of my mind. He's just one of those actors that's been around for decades and been in the background of, you know, a thousand scenes. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of been all over the place. Like, I'm looking at his IMDb right now, and he's directed a lot of television He's directed some TV movies. He directed the TV movie Georgia O'Keefe from 2009. Don't know what that (laughs) is. He directed a feature film called Bernard and Doris. I... I'm just, I'm on IMDb, so I'm just like, ah. Uh, I'm doing the same thing. Can we talk about the star wattage in this movie? Hold on. Wait. (laughs) Wait. I want to, I want to. Oh, wait. Bernard and Doris stars Susan Sarandon and Ray Fine. So, like, I think it's just that Bob Balaban knows a lot of people. It's got to be it, right? Yeah. He was playing himself on Last Week Tonight a couple months ago. Let's see. Just looking at more of these films, The Last Good Time. Um, I don't know what this. Wow, I don't know what any of these are really, and I don't know. Why he's got is some Bob classic. Balaban famous? God um, damn it! Why? Let's see. His and his first feature film. This is this is important. His first feature film is another horror movie called Parents, and Parents stars Randy Quaid and Mary Beth Hurt, and it is about two parents that are cannibals. So. Huh. Okay, so that fits in the, with the theme. We haven't actually talked about the movie yet, have we? Yes, we're going to get there. Uh, <laughs> and let's, okay, so let's talk about all the stars in this yeah, movie. Yeah, Andrew Lowry stars as the boyfriend who comes back. And yeah. Okay, this is true. I just opened up his uh, IMDb page. Filmography, known for nothing. Nothing. Yeah, really. No Literally nothing. nothing. The the first credit on his IMDb page is a 2003 movie called Nothing. Yes, a 2003 Canadian comedy called Nothing that him and his best friend basically like wrote, directed, and produced. It was very much like a friend making stuff together thing. Mm-hmm. So and he, uh, he was in the he was in the movie School Ties, which I mean, School Ties is mostly known for Brendan Fraser. And got Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Chris O'Donnell, Cole Hauser, basically a bunch of got Anthony Rapp, a bunch of guys that ended up with a better career than him. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Only so many mediocre white men may pass. 
And he was on a different world. One of the few white people that are, that were on a different world. Like, so it was like him, Marissa Tomei, and like one other white guy were on a different world. And, uh, I mean, Kyle, do you, do you think that it was unfair that he never became a star? Why'd you make me watch this? <laughs> I have nothing to say about this movie. Well, it's just, it's like, you're asking me to like review tap water. I, I know. Well, of course, Kyle... You know, is more accustomed to talking don't, about don't. movies with more substance. You know, something to latch on to instead of just, you know, this VHS fart in the wind. VHS fart in the wind. That's I mean, I, could, I can imagine being like a teenager in the 90s and you know, renting this out of boredom and taking it home and watching this and saying, OK, that's I'm two hours closer to death. And then, you know, returning it for something better. Two hours closer to death. <laughs> It was just a waste of everyone's time. No, no, I take that back. It was not a waste of everyone's time. I mean, um, it was a must have been a great resume builder for, you know, Matthew Fox. Oh, yeah. This movie has got Matthew Fox. Um, it's got Matthew McConaughey. In a Philip scene. Seymour Hoffman We've is in this. Philip Seymour Hoffman is amazing in this film. Wow. As a nameless mook. Who a, dies halfway through the movie? He dies, at, but man, does his performance is so memorable. Still, I know, he though. like worked an accent for him. He like figured out his posture and everything. He just put a lot of work into this bad character. He was one of um, one of the greatest actors. One of <sighs> an amazing talent. Rest and, in peace. Rest and, in power. Yes. 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 Okay, Have we so, even mentioned the word zombie yet? Okay, so my boyfriend's <laughs> back is a story about a guy who spends his entire like adolescent life lusting after this one woman. Um, and uh, God, what's her name? God, you know, we sp- <laughs> can we just call her girl? <laughs> no, no. I mean, she had her name is Missy McLeod. Okay, this movie is about Johnny Dingle, and Johnny Dingle really, really is into uh, Missy McCloud. I'm, I'm sorry, what was the name character's name again? Johnny Dingle. Say it again. Johnny Dingle. And the girlfriend's name is... Missy McCloud. Johnny Dingle and Missy McCloud. Yes. Um, this is a kid show. Hi, kids, I'm Johnny Dingle. We're going <laughs> to learn friendship. <laughs> Our movie begins with uh, some uh, like comic book panels, which made us think that it was actually based on a comic book, and it's not. Just comic book panels. Uh, Johnny Dingle explaining to us how he's always been in love with Missy McCloud. Johnny Dingle. And we begin with a, a birthday party in which he has a present for Missy, but he chokes and he can't give it to her. And so he holds on to it and it comes back later. It Inciting a incident. Plot for it. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so basically it's promise coming up. You know, he tells us all about it. He's always loved her. He doesn't know how to talk to her. Promise coming up. So he has decided that um, he is going to ask her to prom because she has broken up with her boyfriend, Buck, played by Matthew Fox. And so he's like, this is my in. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask her to prom. But uh, it doesn't really work like it doesn't really work out. He chokes um, Buck and Missy make up. And um, so he decides he gets this genius idea that he's going to get his friend Eddie to pretend to be a robber so that he pretend to be a robber at the place where Missy works. And so he can like swoop in and be the hero and save her. But in a comedic incident, 
his friend is standing outside with the ski mask and everything ready and a real robber appears and like basically like takes his mask and then tells him to get out of here <laughs> and that was supposed to be funny i assume um so he's going to manipulate this woman into going out with him by traumatizing her and dies in the process yes yes so he, movie over yes he bit yeah he um <laughs> So the real robber comes in. He thinks that he's the fake robber. So um, Johnny's all like super masculine and I'm going to save you. And then this guy was just like, I have a gun and then shoots him and then he dies. And, you know, we get through this whole montage of him like being, you know, them burying him, his funeral and everything. And then right afterwards, he just comes back and there's some guy named Murray that's there to collect him and supposed to help him to pass on. He's just like, no, 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 I'd rather not pass on. Thanks anyway. I got to take Missy to prom. So this movie is about a guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's important. It's important that as he dies, um, she says that she'll go to prom with him, which is. And that's his reason for living. Yes, that is. That is his reasoning <laughs> for everything that he does is because. She said that as he was dying, obviously to just placate him and like have him, you know, die happily because, Mm -hmm. but no, he comes back and he spends the rest of the movie stalking her, trying to get her to go to prom with him. That is the movie. As a zombie. As a zombie. (laughs) And also the, everybody. Return from the grave. His parents, um, played by, um, Edward... Herman? Is it Herman? Yeah. Yes, Edward. Patriarch Gilmore. Yes, yes, he is um he is Grandpa Gilmore. Um it's got his parents, Mr. and Mrs. Dingle, or Edward Herman, and once again Mary Beth Hertz from from parents, once again playing a weird parent. So I guess she just really likes being in Bob Balaban's movies. Maybe they're friends, maybe they were dating, I don't know, but here she is again. Mm, I have not seen this cannibal movie. Have you actually seen this cannibal movie? No. Um, I, our mutual, <laughs> our mutual friend though, um, Dan has, has a copy of it. So, mm. I mean, and now I'm kind of curious to see if it's better than this. Hey, you know what we could be talking about instead? Santa Clarita diet on Netflix right now. Uh, why are you? <laughs> it's are, basically the same premise. We are you know, not, we are, we do not work for Netflix. We are not advertising Santa Clarita Netflix, diet. Netflix, give us money, please. Um, <laughs> No, oh, but really, it's great. the same basic idea, it's, and it's a more interesting take on it. It's a, a like you actually have a reason for the couple to be together and work through it. And uh, I, I enjoyed that show. You really don't want to talk about this movie. Huh? I have so many things to talk about except this movie. Let's talk about the movie, honey. Okay. 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 This is going to be a bad episode. No, I'm sorry, it's honey. Not. Why would you say that on the like? I don't even know if I can edit that out. I should have like. This. Hi, audience. I don't know how to podcast. Oh my god! Why are you like this? This is going to be a wonderful episode, and it's basically a Halloween bonus episode. And besides, you watch all of these bad movies with me anyway, so I mean, it was, I don't have to have opinions on them. It was eventually gonna happen. I guess I t- yeah. I guess that makes sense, but I just I don't know what to say about it. It's just. It is a big nothing storm. It is Well, let's talk about okay. entitlements. Okay. Apps Okay, we can talk about entitlement. 
So a guy decides to ask to use his dying breath to ask someone to the prom and bends the laws of fate and time and heaven and hell and life and death to take this girl to prom, even though he barely knows her and she barely knows him. Yeah. And I mean, the crazy thing is, is that it works. It works. And it's it's very weird because like there before he dies, there's really no indication that he feels anything for Missy aside from lust. Like he has a lot of compliments for her, for her, but when he fantasizes about her in class, you know, he fantasizes about her like straddling him in class. And then he has a, and then his fantasy continues with them all. Like, I think they're like on the basketball court and like, it's like the, he's like having sex with her, but it's like as a sport and everybody in school is like judging it's his a bed. performance. It's a big comfortable bed in the middle of a basketball court with everyone cheering him on with a referee and cheerleaders as he's getting ready to scootily poop with this girl. Yes. Yes. And then basically like he, he can't perform like his. And the referee calls him out on it and like, it's a foul and it's a nightmare all of a sudden. Yeah. It, yeah. What was it? Um, so, yeah. It's about like basically like his dick size. Like the thing about it is, is that like. Yeah. He was called out for not having a regulation unit. Yeah. It, it's it's really <laughs> weird. Everything about everything that he feels about her is sex. Like when he's talking about her, like in the voiceover, he calls her an exotic creature, which she's a blonde white woman. No, she isn't. Um, he also says when she grows up, she she got she filled out in all the right ways. Like like how National Geographic showed us national geographic national geographic the the people listening at home can't see this but i'm making a face right now <laughs> okay if you can just hear that face into the podcast oh my that's god that's the face i'm making yeah. i'm good at, i am good at audio only mediums oh yes you're really really great <laughs> you're being so meta right now <laughs> just <laughs> it's it's easier for me to be meta than talk about this movie Okay. It just happened. So he just so so he comes back and like his parents are like strangely like chill about it. Like very, very just like, oh, you're back. Do you want something to eat? And his parents are really like, like no m- such thing as trauma or mourning or he's just back. Well, because it's like it's wacky that they're just OK with it. They're very, very open with like defending their son, um, killing for their son. There's a part where Mary Beth Hurt has a has a shotgun like they feed him later. Yeah. And they later feed in the movie, their child when, with whatever he needs to devour. Well, cause yeah, basically he's a zombie. And so eventually he starts to decay. And then he, ba- he's basically told if, yeah, if he doesn't eat like humans, then he's not going to be able to live. He, this like, also the, happens on the Santa Clarita diet. <laughs> so his parents are just like, Oh, you need humans. And then they just start bringing people over for him to kill. <laughs> And like in one scene, like take just out. Like, like in one scene, he just like opens the fridge and there's just a dead body and they're just like waiting for him. <laughs> you know, on ice to be up for later. Yeah, yeah, just you know for later and everything. To fry it up with some potatoes on the side. And so I'm, and so most of the movie we're rooting for Matthew Fox because like Matthew Fox, <laughs> he his, does nothing wrong. He's his he name does absolutely nothing wrong. His name is Buck and he's a football player. So we're supposed to hate him because Johnny is skinny and a nerd. So that makes him an everyman. But the thing about it is, is that Buck makes no indication 
that he's mean to Missy, that he's done anything to Missy, that he belittles Missy. He seems to care about Missy as a person. Like he doesn't even seem like Johnny seems more possessive than Buck is and Buck actually dates her. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't sexualize her at all. Yeah, he's just like he's just like a good guy. And it's so weird cuz like his like her parents prefer Buck as well and it's just like I I'm on their side. And it, like it's so he just like it, it's so weird because he's a zombie and he comes back to school and everybody acts like it's normal and then a group of rednecks run by Paul Dooley like redneck coated dudes with like with like um fisherman vests and like shotguns shirts and, yeah and it just and like, good st- old boy accents yeah. talking about that nice girl going out with that undead boy yeah, it's very it becomes a very weird thing because then it becomes a movie about prejudice and um basically yeah, Missy that. gets really Missy ends up falling in love for Johnny and she falls in love with Johnny because he's different and because they're not supposed to be together. Like that's Also he's dead. Also, yeah, and everybody's he's just... He's different because he's dead. He's different because he's dead, but... It, the most fascinating thing about him is that he died. Yeah. I mean, and that's really the only I'm wondering, thing that she I'm, likes about him. Okay, alternate universe where he dies in this high school. Like, they couldn't even give him his own special page in the yearbook because he just wasn't even that much of a presence in life. Yeah, he just... Yeah, it, it's really weird. Um... Because it essentially just becomes, and this happens with so many movies, especially movies in like the 80s and early 90s, where it's like kind of about race, but they're trying to make it cutesy by making him a zombie. Basically, everybody who doesn't like the relationship and doesn't support the relationship acts like a racist. They they have a lynch mob with they torches. They have a lynch mob. Like they're just like, what you doing with that dead boy? There's a scene, the scene where they go out to the movies. Um, Matthew McConaughey is sitting back there, and Matthew McConaughey is just like, what she doing just cash- with that dead kid? What? Yeah, and that it, ain't right. Yeah, that like, ain't all right. All right. All right. Yeah, <laughs> I had to, I had to do it. I had to do it. <laughs> it's like I had to. I understand. Thank you. It's like Matthew McConaughey was like, it was weird too because Matthew McConaughey is sitting next to a black guy when he says this. <laughs> and him and the black guy are just like, what's she doing with that dead kid? And I'm just like, what kind of post-racial, like, zombie fucking, like, zombie rights movie is this? What is this? Um, I'm going to say something terrible. <laughs> Hashtag dead lives matter. I can't believe you said that, decided to say this in the episode. <laughs> I love you, honey. I I I, I date you, huh? I, I'm so. It's right there. <laughs> it's a riff on the movie's bad themes, and it's clever. Oh yes, dead mm. lives matter. Okay, there. Good joke. Thank you. Good joke. Better than anything in the actual movie. Okay, yes. I mean, that's true. Yeah, it's this weird... Like, it's very... Like, as a black person, I was just sitting here just like, why are we doing this? I guess, like, in the 80s, we had to sublimate any and all talk about racial prejudice or um, gender-based prejudice or homophobic prejudice into this, you know, coded, you know, wackiness. I mean, that's the entire reason the, the Revenge of the Nerds exists. 
Yeah, like, yeah. And I mean, um, this movie came out in 93, but the early 90s is pretty close to the 80s, don't you yeah, agree? Yeah, it's, it's the same social movement. It's still like Reagan, Reagan-esque yeah. fallout. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, it, 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 it this character is hateable. And, and it really, it seems to be a movie about like how... um white men are so entitled that they expect to get what they want even after death they will they will they will mm-hmm. avoid death they will fight death just to get what they're entitled to and in this case it is missy mcleod who is like a nothing character in this movie wow just a flip flopper just an object to get into the bed on that basketball court yeah, and I mean, there's like, there's a bunch of subplots. I necked with a zombie. There's a bunch of subplots. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman is like the most aggressive towards him and and like basically is is just like attacks Johnny. But he but the axe like, I guess, like swings back and cuts him in the cuts him in the head. So he, Philip Seymour Hoffman dies. He kills himself with his own axe. Yes. Like in the back of his head. Like, it was apparently short enough to, like, reach right in the back of his head. And, like, he swings it overhand. It's, like, yeah, it doesn't He swings make, it back, it, and, it, like, it somehow hits the base of his skull. That's nuts. Like, it doesn't How? Make... <laughs> that wouldn't make sense in a Tom and Jerry cartoon. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it's a mess. Wiley Coyote would laugh at him for being that stupid. <laughs> And so, like, um, Johnny eats him because he needs to not decay. Because, you know, there's a corpse right there. And, you know, it's, it's Philip Seymour Hoffman. You know, some some town's got to rub off in here. Yeah. You yeah. are you are what you eat. Yeah. And his dad is Paul Dooley. Paul Dooley plays his dad. And, and Paul Dooley is the is the leader of all of the rednecks. And they're just like. And so it becomes like this, the subplot of the rednecks trying to get rid of Johnny and Johnny trying to stay alive to take Missy to the prom. Missy trying to decide whether or not to stay with Buck or to be with Johnny. Also, Missy cheats on Buck through most of this movie like they never formally break up. So she's just mm. cheating on her boyfriend the whole time. And because Buck never really does anything wrong, he kind of makes her seem like an asshole. <laughs> this movie shouldn't even be called My Boyfriend's Back because he's not actually anyone's boyfriend. He's not anyone's boyfriend. Yeah, I think that they just did it just to capitalize on the song, which is from the 60s. Yeah, that song that everyone knows and loves. Oh, yes. My Boyfriend's Back. I, I know all the words to that song. Mm-hmm. Can you say them right now? No. Because I don't. <laughs> you know, my boyfriend's back. There she was with my boyfriend, and he's back singing do what dip. So there's one other. <laughs> so there's one other um, subplot, and that's this mad scientist that first is like trying to help Johnny and keep him alive. I know this. I know this actor from somewhere. He's like he was in Short Circuit, wasn't he? But then he realizes that Johnny, like Johnny being alive, like being able to use like some of it because he's alive and because it's so crazy, he can use the tissue from Johnny to make um, a serum that could be the fountain of youth. So it brings dead cells back to life. Yeah, it brings. Dead Back Which to life. I'm pretty sure is also the plot of the Resident Evil movies. Uh, yeah, I don't know because I don't watch those. <laughs> Neither have I, but I didn't know something about like the Umbrella Corporation makes this beauty product which brings dead cells back to life. And that's what causes the zombie apocalypse. Cosmetics. Yeah. Can we talk about Resident Evil instead? 
I have. We haven't seen Resident Evil. We're talking about this movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just like you know, as a white male, don't you don't you relate to any of the, anything in this any of Johnny's journey? Any of anything? Yes, because I feel like the movie killed me. Come on. <laughs> no, I I don't want to relate because it's. They could have cast an actual corpse and I would have like felt something about the movie, but. So like, it really just doesn't make any sense. Like what she sees in Johnny. I mean, I don't know what Johnny sees in her. I don't know. I don't know what she sees in Johnny. Like, it's just such a weird relationship. Like there's a part where they're in the car and his ear falls off while she's like trying to neck him. And it's just like, it's so weird that she would even continue to deal with him after that after his ear falls off after his ear falls off after you know being reminded that this is in fact the walking dead and that she's like kissing a dead person and then of course he gets he gets insecure and he gets insecure about one thing in this movie and one thing only his dick earlier uh, every like insecure dream that he has ends up coming back to his dick at some point and he has this dream where he's about to like have sex with her have sex with missy and then parts of him start to fall off. And, of course, the punchline of it is that his dick falls off and, like, falls down his pants. Yeah, it's like, it's a tracking shot. Not not a tracking shot. It's a tilt down from his pants. You just hear a snap, and then you see something tumble from his groin area down to the leg of his pants. And that's funny. Yeah. And then they have the audacity to make a puberty joke out of it. What? I I should I know people my age are worried about how their bodies change, but this is ridiculous. I mean, yeah, essentially the thing about the thing I think that where this movie really fails is that Johnny is supposed to be a nice guy, every man that has you know normal problems, but he really doesn't. Like his brother, prob- his, his brother Eddie is a nice guy, every man who basically spends most of the movie being like, "You're being a dick, and I don't support anything that you're doing." And he stands of, he stands by him after Johnny tries to eat him. Yeah. Like, he tries to take a bite out of his arm. Eddie is just a good friend through and through. And he and, and Johnny really doesn't deserve a friend that good. He doesn't deserve a girlfriend. He really doesn't deserve anything. But this movie just wants us to side with him so badly. <sighs> And I mean, it's it's very much like protagonist syndrome, like the best actor in the movie chases chases him down and dies and then gets eaten. It's just like, no. What about Philip Seymour Hoffman? I wanted to know more about him, honestly. <laughs> what if Philip Seymour Hoffman was the zombie? Uh, better movie. <clears throat> Automatically better, movie. better. Same movie. character. Same character, too. Still better movie. <laughs> Like, cause this kid, like, okay, so there's a scene where Missy tries to like break things off with Johnny and go back with Buck, and Johnny's just like, I ate Chuck for you, like, which I guess is yeah. Let's just more can Hoffman. we just roll that sentence around so the audience can really appreciate that? I ate Chuck for you. You ate a person, cause basically the f- I committed cannibalism. For you. Yeah, basically what this movie is trying to say is that like his his sacrifices to stay alive are romantic. It's romantic how he's committing murder and how he's like breaking all of the laws of nature 
to like, and it leads him to demand a date and demand action from her. It's like if Edward Cullen actually did kill people and still tried to date Bella. And everybody treats her like shit. Legitimately a worse love story than Twilight. Yeah, I mean, I don't... Anyway, let's not talk about Twilight. Yeah, yeah and, let's not and, talk about Twilight. And she deals, with, and she deals with like a little, like a lot of like shit. Like she gets called a whore of the undead, like which was honestly like very like like a few steps away from like. What was this movie trying to be? What was the pitch for this movie? Did anyone care? Let's talk about race, but not talk about race. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> Did someone just have a pitch and they tried to walk backwards into an actual theme from that? Yeah, that's what it really seems like. And essentially, like, so there's so the movie. So the movie's climax is just like he's Johnny is dying. Like he he can't he can't stay alive much longer. He's dying more. Yeah, he's dying even more. And so. You know, there's a whole like race and he has to get past all of these obstacles just to take her to the prom, take her to the prom. And so he finally gets to do it. He takes her to the prom and then he and then he dies on the dance floor. And then he goes to he goes to uh, um, the afterlife is like shown to be like this, like there's like this courtroom, which is like judgment where you find out if you're going to go to the, like actual pearly gates. Yeah. If you're going to go to the good place or the bad place. And then uh, also a better thing that we could also be talking about. Yeah. The good place. Very good oh, show. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. So he's up there and um, the do uh the guy the judge is just like oh this is a mistake you weren't supposed to die and so he gets so he actually gets <laughs> sent back to that exact moment where he dies and he gets shot all over again but he's wearing the locket the creepy locket oh yeah the present that he wanted to give Missy was a locket he he's had this since he was like. 11 or something and inside this locket is a picture of him in a picture of missy and it is the creepiest present ever Mm -hmm. and i don't understand why she likes it it's even creepier considering he waited a decade to give it to her he waited so like it is it's 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 creepy and it's weird to me because at the beginning when he said i had the perfect present for her i figured that it was jewelry or something what i didn't figure is that it like would have his face in it why would she want that like even if he had given it to her as a child why would she want that? She didn't even know him then. I don't. How I, did he get a picture of her? I, did he cut it out of the internet too? Oh, oh my god! I think he cut it out of the yearbook. Holy shit! This fucking creep. And so, essentially, like the locket, like he thinks that he's gonna die again. So instead of like asking her to the prom, he like professes his love for her. Blah 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 blah. And then it turns out that the locket stopped the bullet. And so, because of all of his love for her, she decides to dump Buck and go to the prom with them anyway. But again, only this time they were alive, and he gets the girl of his dreams, and he did nothing except persist. He never asked her what she liked. He never asked he how died, to move but her. He, he died, but he just kept going forward. He never asked her who she was as a person. He never treated her like a human being, and he wins. He treated her like flesh. Yeah. Like flesh for him to consume. He was a zombie the whole time. Yes. And that's the theme of the movie. Did I, did I beat the movie? Did I, I win? Yes. 
Yay. Yeah, I don't know what it is about um, horror rom-coms, but they always end up being about entitlement. Like, um, it's like, because we did Burying the Ex, Bronwyn and I did, and it was just like, it was just like about a shitty guy who like mistreated a girl, and then the girl is upset and feels abandoned, and it's just... There's I I wonder if there's a way to do a horror rom-com where it's not just like where the politics aren't bad and where it's not sexist. Like, I'm really not sure. Like, I still haven't watched um, Life After Beth, which I said that I would <laughs> um, after Bearing the X. I said I would watch Life After Beth, but I haven't. And I think I am going to watch it now just to see if it's any better or any good, and I don't know if we're going to do an episode on it. If it's too good, then we won't. But I'm definitely going to check it out because I really want to see if there is a horror comedy, a horror rom-com that can be good. Oh, well, well there is one. Oh? Warm Bodies. Right, which I still haven't seen, to be honest. Warm Bodies isn't, like, the best movie ever, but in terms of, like, zombie love story, Warm Bodies is probably the best I've seen so far. It's still too long. In the wide, like, wide genre of zombie love stories. Yeah, I mean, in sort of horror rom-coms, like, mm-hmm. which, you know, it, it's Halloween. Yeah. I actually, can I recommend choice. another romantic movie that's actually romantic and actually, like, good? Sure. Same themes as this, as this movie. Sure. Just done very, very differently. Sure. A Matter of Life and Death. The movie's called A Matter of Life and Death, sometimes released as Stairway to Heaven. Uh, 1946, Powell and Pressburger. Um, a British fighter pilot is going down over the channel, shot down by German airplanes, and he's on the radio with an American woman, and they say their last words to each other, and they connect. And then he says, if he gets out of this alive, he'll find her. And he does not get out alive. But then again, he does. He just swims the channel and finds her. And the rest of the movie is basically heaven trying to get him back because he was not supposed to live. And then it becomes this courtroom drama between um, himself and the afterlife, debating whether or not he should live, like whether or not his love for this woman is is enough. Yeah. Oh, is it like that that Albert Brooks movie, Defending Your Life? Uh, I haven't seen that one. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. It's Maybe possible. we should just watch all of those and figure it out. Yeah. Um, also, um, Steven Spielberg has a movie called Always, which is not horror, but it does involve a ghost in which um, basically this pilot played by Richard Dreyfus, is like in love with Holly Hunter, I believe. And and he um, he's he's like a crash. There's like a crash and he dies. And then Holly Hunter has to kind of like move on. And then Richard Dreyfus ghosts. I think the ghost like possesses this other guy and there's just like also the movie ghost, right? There's also the movie ghost, which I haven't seen. I've never seen ghosts. So a lot of stuff with ghosts and romances that I'm assuming are better than this. you know, we'll watch some of these and like get back to you. Um, zombie love stories. Just watch warm bodies. Nicholas Holt is like a sweetie pie. I think the white girl is Teresa Palmer. If I'm wrong, I am so sorry. I mean, some of these actresses, I just don't know. And of course, uh, Shaun of the dead. It was originally pitched as a rom zombie. Com. Well, yeah, but the people that are in love aren't like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. They aren't zombies themselves, right? Yeah. Then There's, again, you could argue that um, that the Nick Frost character is the love interest, and he does end up a zombie. Yeah, I guess you could argue that. There's yeah. an argument to be made for that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, 
don't don't see my boyfriend's back. You don't need to. Just listen to this podcast, and that'll be enough. And, and that is why we exist. Yes. Don't watch my boyfriend's back. Like we did. So, Kyle, uh-huh. where can where can listeners who do not know who you are find you? From the pits of hell itself. It's a Halloween episode. <laughs> Is that what you're going with? Is that what we're doing? That's what you're going you can with? find me at Kyle Calgren BHH on YouTube and my Twitter handle at Kyle Calgren. I talk about movies a lot and uh, I have a Patreon if you would like to give to that. Yes, he yes, and he usually talks about good movies. And this has been the Bad Romance Podcast. I'm Jordan Searles. Usually my co-host is Bronwyn Isaac, and she'll be back next week. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at BromancePod, and you can support the podcast by um, supporting my Patreon, so patreon.com, and then um, slash, there's a slash, I don't remember if it's back or front, I don't know how slashes work when I'm not looking at a computer um, patreon.com slash Jordan Searles, J-O-U-R-D-A-I-N S-E-A-R-L-E-S and hopefully, I thought that we'd have a theme song by now, but we don't yet, so we're still working on that, please, please please subscribe and rate us on iTunes we're over 10 episodes in, come on guys, you should know who we are by now alright, should we do a theme song right now? <laughs> Or is that too obvious? Little too obvious, but it was very cute, and I'm glad that you did it. Oh, by the way, honey, I ate a guy for you. It's very romantic. That's the most romantic thing someone can do for another person, right? I now owe my entire life, and my my vagina is yours. Oh, oh, cool, cool. Cool. (laughs) Yummy, yummy human flesh. So I'm Jordan Searles. I'm Kyle Calgren. Bye, guys. Philip Seymour Hoffman's delicious. 